Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today is my first official podcast episode on this podcast. The other ones were either a trailer and I had a bonus content of an abridged episode of what a normal episode would be like. That was because it was a journalism project that needed to be around five minutes long and I didn't really want to cheat you guys for a full content podcast. And today, for our first podcast, we'll be doing a book review, just series review, on Galaxy's Edge. Um, Galaxy's Edge is one of my favorite book series of all time. This is a little more opinionated in this piece. It's one of my favorites because it explores different details of what a futuristic galaxy would look like than some of the other, you know, sci-fi main you know, series we see now, like Star Wars and Alien, I think, would be another one. But it explores those smaller ones that you wouldn't see, and that is a big reason why I like it. Continuing on, on my review slash rant of Galaxy's Edge, uh... It's such a good book that I that I just love it so much that I've reread the first book about seven times now, and I'm rereading for the eighth time, and it's such a good book because it just draws you in. I haven't really had this experience so hard with a book before. I literally couldn't set my phone down because I had it on an ebook. I couldn't set my phone down because it was so entrancing i just you know couldn't get away from it and it's it's a good book and it's definitely a 10 out of 10 and i would definitely argue with you if you said otherwise it is confusing at first i'll give people who don't like that like it that it is confusing and it is definitely mainly political and it has a lot of different political views that there's so across the board that you'll probably find a political view in this book series that you would agree with. Uh, like I said earlier, it's in the future, and so they have different ideologies and stuff like that. But it's so familiar. Like, you can take the first book, which was written two or three years ago, and then put it to modern-day politics, and it almost matches up with some people's views about gun control slash, you know, violence and less, you know, massacre and the government trying to control the military more. And it just fits so well with modern times that, you know, with issues that haven't been put up back in 2017 that I'm just surprised still fit with today. And I love it for that. It's not like to what's the word, too restricted, that it feels like they can't go into certain topics, but it does with, you know, massacring certain, you know, types and a bunch of other stuff. And like I said, gun control, because in the book, uh, weapons that use bullets or cartridges are banned at this time period. And you have to use blaster rifles, kind of like Star Wars, but, you know, more realistic, in my opinion. And this book, it 
it's called Legionnaire. I kind of think I forgot to mention that. It's Galaxy's Edge Legionnaire. And it reminds me a lot of military, like different military movies you would find. But, you know, just slight and futuristic soldiers instead of Marines. And it fits well. And I definitely agree. But there's one thing... I didn't like, and that is, it felt too supernatural near the end. I say it felt supernatural, and some of you guys may not know what I mean by that, but in the last few books, it felt too, kind of, again, with the Star Wars, it felt too, like, the Force and all of that. But slightly more confusing and slightly more complicated and definitely under a different name because it wouldn't be up if they copied the force. But it felt to getting away from that gritty military and a little bit more towards the soft, you know, force and a guy with a sword that could cut through anything. But it wasn't a lightsaber, it was a regular sword. So some of it feels kind of ripped off, but I feel like it it's made up through the gritty, very realistic combat that is, you know, evenly cycled throughout books, so you don't get all the action up front, and then you get plain, boring character development for the rest. And another thing I found was that they didn't explain characters too much. You had to go in and find characters and listen to what they, not listen, read what they said and kind of see what they were, their actions meant. It felt like you had to do research, real research on a character to completely understand them. And later in the episode, I'll cover some characters that I loved and why I loved them. But to start out, really, I want to start with the planet and where it was set. So it's in the future, but... The planet felt like it was in Afghanistan or someplace in the Middle East that, you know, we've been, America's been, you know, putting military over there. It felt like that, but on a different planet entirely. It felt real. It felt realistic and gritty. And it just fits so well. The planet did that. It was great. It was called Kublar. They're on the planet Kublar. And there are alien species, but they're close enough to humanoids, and it felt with some of the confrontation confrontations they had with the uh, aliens, it felt just like what some of our troopers did in the past over there, where the real conflict, and it throws right into the conflict, first chapter, you're thrown into the conflict, where a, where a convoy of basically Hummers, is attacked by a kid attaching an IED to the front Hummer. And it blows up, and that's when you're thrown into the conflict. It felt so, like, realistic. It felt, you know, what soldiers would feel like. All of a sudden, you're in comfort. Not right comfort, but you you feel safe, and you feel secure in the back of your Hummer. Then all of a sudden, boom, you're thrown into conflict, and... You know, your brothers or friends are dying all around you. And later on, that kind of felt 
super, I was sort of sick, super superficial. It felt kind of fake near the end where so many people near the end were dying, not of the book, but the end of the series were dying. It felt like they were just throwing lives away, which at the beginning they wouldn't have. And I'm probably going to do an analysis on, not analysis, but two-part series in this. Um, we're going to start with, you know, this one, which can be the first book. And then I'm going to do the rest of the book series, which I feel like isn't as great in my opinion. Because I feel like they can all be grouped under the same analysis slash uh, review that... I was just going to do two parts, first episode and then the rest of the series, focusing on each book a little bit in the next part. But for this part, for this first book, uh, it felt great that I really wish it would get a movie adaptation. The movie rights have been out now and have been bought, not sure by who, but a movie may be coming to us about this, and that'd, that'd be great to see. And I'd love to see it. Uh, but there are some things I wish were changed. And later on, I'll tell you what I think should be changed. And right now, I'm kind of less spoilery. But the rest of this episode will definitely be more spoilers. So please keep that in mind. If you want to read the books, please you know drop out now. And you know come back once you read it. Because the rest of it will be spoilers. To start off... Uh, I love, I love the characters so much. The characters feel so real. They feel so like you're with them, going through this conflict with them. And the main character I feel like does this is uh, Lieutenant Ford, later on known as Captain Ford. He feels, he feels like such a real lieutenant slash captain that if he was a real person, it wouldn't. And wouldn't know a difference. He's a quiet guy who rarely talks. And he gets the nickname Wraith. Because you don't know he's there until he's there. Or until he reveals that he's there. And he, he really pulls the story together. He shows great he shows great instructions and great calmness on the battlefield. While it's all going down. That... You know, I felt like I was drawn to this character. He's, you know, he's a great character and definitely, definitely, oh, definitely, sorry. Uh, he later on becomes the main character of the series. It kind of switches between two characters. The next character I want to talk about is the one way he switches off with, Lieutenant Chun. Uh, books one and three are in his point of view. They're in first person, and they're from Lieutenant Chun's view. And hit Lieutenant Chun, uh, they all have, you know, what's the word? They all have, like, numbers behind their name. So Ford, or Wraith, has the number LS33. LS meaning Legionnaire Shoulder, 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 Shoulder. Sergeant Chun, uh, who I was talking about, has the uh, number LS-55. And that also kind of helps to bring it in that these are soldiers, not just characters in a book or just some random person. These are actual shoulder, shoulder, soldiers 
going into war and fighting these battles. Uh, the third character, there's going to be a lot of characters I want to talk about this. I'm going to keep it on each character short. The third character is Caleb Gutierrez, or also known as Exo. Uh, he is LS67. He is my favorite character because he's one of those guns ablazing kind of guy where each you know war movie needs one of them, I think, in my opinion, or each one has one. He's kind of the shoot first, think later type of guy. And to some that may, you know, connect more than others. And that's another thing I feel is that each one has, each character fits a different person's emotion or how they act. And Exo uh, is definitely the trigger happy, you know, do something without thinking of the risks. And he later on becomes a really main character and goes through a bunch of character development because then he switches sides multiple times throughout the series. He becomes part of the bad guys and then goes back to being a good guy and you never really know what he you know he's thinking, so to speak. You know, he's always changing. And that's another thing I like about him is that he always is, he always changes, so later near the end, he becomes less trigger-happy. He goes through all this development, and he becomes, you know, more mature. And the next character, my favorite character, is Masters. Masters is also known as Elden Masters, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he is LS316. He is my favorite because he's kind of that trigger-happy, but he's less, but always stays that way. And he's kind of a comedic relief throughout it. And even, you know, as maybe I said, also some people, like, even though all this conflict, all this battle, and all this, the entire war is going on around him, he's just, he kept his mindset as funny and he is that comedic relief through all nine books. And he's, I don't think he's a character that is in eight of the nine books, I think. I believe he's in eight of the nine books. And that is a lot for these characters. Uh, I think there's only one or two characters that are in all nine books. And the one I can think of off the top of my head is Wraith. He is in every single book in this series. Uh... But you know, also with him, you never get bored of him. These characters, all these characters, you never get bored of them. Like, I feel like some book characters, you feel like, okay, I get it, you're smart. Or, okay, I get it, you never change. Or something like that. Kind of in the Harry Potter. I didn't really touch on this in my Harry Potter episode. Uh, Hermione is kind of the same boring. You expect her to know everything. But these characters always feel new and fresh every time you meet them that you begin to doubt some of them and that in my opinion is a good characteristic for some because in, in near the end you don't know who to trust and you don't know who's on the right side and you know I feel that really connect deeply connects to real life again this is basically what our future really is minus the supernatural stuff in my opinion and another character, I think this one, my last character I want to touch on is 
Sergeant Powell. Sergeant Powell is one that is mentioned a lot, but he never really gets that recognition. He is always there to hand support and, you know, give ideas to, but he never he never really makes a main stage appearance, if you get what I'm trying to say. He just is there, but he's never really made known, and that's what I like about him, is he's never made known, and he is LS-52, and he kind of feels as that boring stereotype, but he brings like a new twist to that stereotype by the stereotype of being a boring regular. He, you know, becomes slightly less of a boring regular because he's kind of the guy that knows everybody and, you know, loves everybody and can knows personal things about everybody. He likes to keep each person, you know, feeling special. And he does, uh, he covers, like, the burial slash, you know, I mean, it is, like, he covers the burial stuff, and he's just the person that keeps tabs on everybody, and I feel like he's not recognized all too much in the actual book series. And Val concludes the characters, and next is heavy spoilers, heavy spoilers for the rest of the book, so... Please, if you're still here and you don't want spoilers, please kindly get out. Get out. No, that sounds bad. Please, like, kindly leave. So, unless you want to stick around and hear some spoilers and still read the book. The last thing I want to touch on before ending this, uh, which I kind of talked about earlier a little bit, is the politics. I just had the politics so real to the time with gun safety and gun banning slash restrictions on guns. But also the politics feel real to real life because uh, in some countries, uh, not in America right now, but it feels like the government owns everything. Not like in communism or something like that. It feels like they own everything, but they don't. And the whole kind of chain of command slash actual government itself is all just put on lies and lies. And they're more dictatorship than actual presidency slash democrat. They're more more of a dictatorship than a democratic republic. And... uh, in it, it feels like the government just gives lies to, like, the republic slash government gives lies to the people that makes them, you know, want to believe in them more. And that's what's going on with propaganda in foreign countries. And I feel like it de- deeply relates to what's going on in the world. And that maybe takes may take place 2,000, 3,000 years in the future. It hits close to home to, I think, everybody. So the last thing I love in this book is that it relates to everybody. War fanatics are in there, political fanatics, and maybe not a fanatic, but just a book reader in general. It has something for you because the characters and characters are good and it draws you in. So this is a definite must-read for me, and 
I kind of say this late, but this will be part one of part two on this book. So this will be coming up on Monday, and uh, I think the next part will come out later this week. Uh, it'll kind of be the same length and cover some things I might have missed. Give me some time to think of things that I've missed in this analysis slash review. And uh, thank you guys for listening so far. And please support me by sharing this. Uh, give me some more views slash you know listeners. And please just keep listening. Uh, listen to the next part, which will be probably coming out on Thursday or Friday. So remember to support, and thank you.